Praise the Lord. Welcome to the Lively Stone Temple Experience. Welcome to the Lively Stone Temple Experience. We are one church in four locations. You can visit us on LivelyStoneTemple.org for additional information. This message was recorded on May the 15th, 2022. The Word of God is being brought forth by Elder Joseph Lee Taylor Jr., now let's follow along in our Bibles. Amen. The Lord hired me the day he allowed me to be born again of the water and of the spirit. And if you have been born again, I want everybody in here that has been born again to open your mouth and give God a praise of thanks. Amen. 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 God's been so good to me. God has been so good to me. I know I'm talking a lot right now, but I just, it's my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. And the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord. How? With me. And let us exalt his name. How? Together. Amen. Look to your neighbor and say, don't let me do this by myself. Don't, don't help. Yeah, don't let me do this by myself. Amen. Amen. The, 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 I prom, the rapture is not a one-seater. Amen. So we gonna learn. We ain't going to learn how to fellowship in the rapture. We're going to learn how to get along with each other while we're down here. Amen. I would have fainted lest I believe to see the goodness of the Lord. Well, in the land of the living, there's some stuff that God wants us to do here. Amen. And one thing that he wants us to do is behold how good and how pleasant it is. For brethren to dwell together. How? In unity. Amen. I call your attention to John's gospel, the 10th chapter. John's gospel, the 10th chapter. Y'all pray for me this morning now. Uh, Elder Charles Spurgeon said if there's some praying in the pews, there'll be some preaching in the pulpit. Isn't that what he said? Amen. Amen. If y'all want a word, pray it about me. <laughs> Amen. John's, the temp, John's gospel, the 10th chapter, and we're going to start at verse number 28. John, and we're going to read verse 28 and 29. Amen. And I'm asking everyone to please stand in reverence to the word of God. Amen. When you are there, please say amen. 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 Now, I want all of us to read together. Can we do that? Read it from the King James Version. I want us to read like we mean it. Amen. Y'all going to help me read this morning? Verse 28, it reads, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, 
neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Verse 29, my father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, dear Lord, this morning for the word of God. We thank you for your people, Lord, and I do believe that there is a word to encourage the people of God in here on this morning, God. I ask you, dear Lord, to help me decrease that you might increase, God. Hide me behind the cross. I pray, dear Lord God, that you be glorified. I pray that some sinner be evangelized, and I pray that the devil be terrified. This we ask in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want y'all to help me with my topic. I want to talk to you all this morning about confidence about confidence and I, I want you to look to somebody and say he's holding me he's holding me he's holding me yeah he said I got you in my hand and no man can pluck you out as a matter of fact he said the father put them in my hand and you can't take out of my hand what you didn't put in my hand amen so I, I'm 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 Jesus is the most interesting figure to ever cross the horizon. Yes, he is. There's nobody that compares to our God. When I look at many things that he did laid out in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, of course we know that only three of them are what we call synoptic Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, kind of they all tell kind of the same story you'll find several parables mentioned in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but you won't find most of those parables mentioned in John. John has a very distinct purpose. And you get around the 20th chapter, John will let you know why he was writing John. He said that these things were written, that you might know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. His goal is not so much to have you impressed with the two fish and the five loaves feeding the multitude. That's, that's not John's thing. He, his goal is not necessarily to, 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 to remind you of uh, healing Jairus's child and, and all that. that. That's not his goal. His aim is different. Matthew starts off with the lineage of the Jews. This guy begat that guy and this guy begat that guy. And you know it. Mark starts off uh, immediately talking about uh, John and, and Galilee and these things and the River Jordan and these things. And then Luke starts off uh, a little different as well. He says, a former treatise have I written unto you and, and these things. And, and uh, he, he's talking and Luke, the great physician, is writing. He takes a medicinal approach toward how he, he writes. Um, you can see the character of the writers show up in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, you find out more medical miracles in Luke because Luke's a what? Physician. He's just talking. He's, stay, he's doing what a lot of saints haven't learned how to do. He's staying in his lane. And, 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 and with that being said now, by the time we come to John, John doesn't start off his lesson, his letter, like Matthew, Mark, and Luke do. John starts his off with a Bible study. He says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. The word became flesh, right? And, 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 and we know what these things, these scriptures say. And he gives us uh, a hint of John, of verse chapter 20's purpose and chapter 1's purpose. That Jesus is more than just a mere man. Yes, 
As a matter of fact, the Bible lets us know in 2 Corinthians 5 and 19, to wit, that God was in Christ Jesus. Jesus is literally, literally the full declaration of God himself in person. Hebrews chapter 1 says that, uh, uh, that he is, uh, uh, that the word that they use uh, in the Greek is Jesus is an imprintation, an imprinting. If you were to take a seal and like stamp an envelope with it, the image of, and God being that seal, the image that would show up would be the image of Jesus Christ. Uh, I've said this before to put it in 21st century parlance. Uh, if God were to take a selfie, it would look like Jesus. Amen. And I help you understand it a little bit more in modern parlance. That being said, Jesus is making some very, very bold claims in John's gospel. Because he wants to get the point across that when you get away from me, I want you to make sure that you know that you weren't just talking to some average Joe Smo walking around on the street. We see him saying things in John that he does not say in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John chapter 10 and verse 30, he declares, I and my father are one. This is blasphemy if it's a lie. But Jesus was not lying. Now, Jesus was not claiming that I and my father merely agree in one. He was, pro, he was claiming total equality with the Father. He was not just saying that we're alike. He was not just saying that we're similar. But what Jesus was saying is, I am God. This is what he is saying. Even the people that wanted to kill Jesus understood his claims. He said, many good works I've shown you. For which of my good works do you want to, the Bible said, they took up stones to stone him. He said, many good works have I shown you. And for which of my good works do you stone me? Jesus said, the people said unto Jesus, for a good work we stone you not. But you being a man, make it yourself God. Even the people that wanted to kill him understood what he was saying. He was proclaiming more than just total equality with God. He was saying that I am him. Yeah, he, he said, uh, he said your, father, your fathers rejoice to see my, you say you're of Abraham, your fathers rejoice to see my day. They saw it and they were glad. And he said, what, wait a minute, now you ain't even quite 50 years old yet. 40 years old yet, Jesus. And you're going to say that you've seen Abraham? Jesus said, let me make this thing abundantly clear. Before Abraham was, I am. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I am. I am the I am that I am that's, that met Moses in the burning bush. I am the I am that sent him down to Egypt and told him to let my people go. I am that great God that met Elijah on Mount Carmel and sent fire down from the sky and lapped up the water around the sacrifice and dried it up so that the people may declare that Elijah's God is God. I am that God come down through 40 and two generations. Jesus was God made for man to handle. Hallelujah. He is the full self-disclosure of God himself. 
Yeah, and, and, and to make it even more true, they, they begin to test Jesus one day, my brother. You know, they, 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 his own disciples said, you know what? You keep talking about the Father. You keep saying, I am my Father and one. The Father's with me. I do the will of my Father. He said, Jesus, look, just show us the Father. It'll satisfy us. We'll be satisfied if you just show us the Father. This Father you always talk about, tell him to come down. Meet us the next time you feed the multitude. Tell him to come. We'd be glad to see him. Amen. And, and, and he says, have I been so long with you that you don't even know who I am? When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Hallelujah. And I want to let you know, serve a message to anyone that does not believe this message, this word. That God's word in the psalm declares his word is settled in heaven forever. My God, in the name of Jesus. So if we were to leave this world right now and, and go to heaven, congratulations, you made the rapture. Hallelujah. And you're up there and, and God's word is not going to contradict itself even in heaven because his word was already settled there before the very foundation of the world. And so we go to heaven and we see Jesus and we say, Jesus, I had a good time hanging out with you. But I want to see your father now. The only way for him not to contradict his word is for him to give us the same answer he gave the disciples in the Bible. When you've seen me, you've seen the father. Ain't nothing but Revelations 4 and 2 declared that I was taken up in John's. I was taken up in heaven and there was a throne there and there was one throne and one sat upon that throne. The throne in heaven. It's a throne. It's not a couch. Amen. It's a one seater. And ain't nobody sitting on it but Jesus. Hallelujah. Ain't nothing but one throne in heaven. Ain't nothing but one God in heaven. Ain't nothing but one, 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 one way to God. Hallelujah. And I could testify this morning. I'm so glad I found it out. So glad I found it out in time. I found out Jesus is the Father. I found out Jesus is the Son. I found out Jesus is the Holy Ghost and all three are one. Hallelujah. I heard one hymn say, down from his glory, an ever-living story. My God and Savior came and Jesus was his name. Born in a manger and to this world a stranger. A man of sorrows, tears, and agony. And the chorus says, oh how I love him. How I adore him. My breath, my sunshine, my all in all. The great creator became my savior and all God's fullness dwells in him and his name is what hallelujah in the name of Jesus this is the Jesus that we are introduced to in John's gospel and by the time we come to John chapter 10 Jesus has found himself face to face with these no good raggedy arrogant Pharisees that think that they know everything how many of you know that God can't stand arrogant folk amen the Bible lets us know that he resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble I have found out in my time living for the Lord that I am so glad that I don't know it all because it keeps me humble enough to keep seeking him for more. I never want to get to the place in Jesus, Sister Amber, where I feel like I've arrived. 
or, or, I let, or I let myself out to people to be an expert in this thing. Do you know that Jesus is the ancient of days? This man is filled with ancient wisdom that you know not of. He was wise. He was so wise that he opened his mouth one day and said, let there be hot dog and everything was. How about that? That's just the God that we serve, my God. And then he had the, he was wise enough to declare it to be good. And to this day, no one's ever had to call S-E-E-N-G and say the sun's not shining bright enough. No one's had to check on volcanoes and let them know whether it's hot enough over here. Everything that he made is good. Amen. And, and, and the Pharisees have a problem with this. Because they don't, the Jesus is coming along and he's threatening their influence. This is what he's doing. How many of you know that people in power don't want to be taken out of power? That's what that's what's going on. And, and, and they act like they told Jesus, we sit in Moses' seat and we are the seed of Abraham and we've got the law and we've got this. We've got the 613 ordinances of the law. And we've got it all together. And, and this Jesus character is nothing but a liar. He's coming along and trying to deceive the people. But Jesus begins to introduce a new parable to them to explain it to them a little bit better. He says, truly, truly, I say unto you that he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the is a thief and a robber. Jesus is letting us know that there have been some thieves and some robbers that have crept in among us in the church. And what they're trying to do is steal the truth out of you. They're trying to distort your mind against the truth of God. They want you to believe what the serpent told Eve. You won't surely die. You know, you know how we talk. You know, you, you won't get drunk, drunk. You might just get drunk, but you won't get drunk, drunk. You know, you won't. You won't get high, high, you know. And this is what the devil is telling, the serpent is telling Eve. You know, you might die, but you won't die, die. You know, that, 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 you know, you know how we talk, amen. And, and, and what's going on is he wants you to believe that God does not mean what he says. Uh, during this particular time, shepherds had uh, in their sheepfold, amen, in their flock, they, they, the sheep were protected by a wall. It was more like a gated community for the sheep. And, at, and there was one entrance into the sheepfold to this flock. This was called the door. And the man, the shepherd himself would lie horizontally at night across the door to keep the enemy from coming in because the enemy knew that he could not get through the door without running into the shepherd. And so what he what he says here is he that entereth not by the door he climbeth up some other way. The only reason he's coming that was an illegal way is for him to be a thief and a robber. But he that entereth by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Jesus says I want you to know that when I come into your life I'm not coming in like a thief or a robber but I'm coming in through the door I'm coming in through the door of your heart as a matter of fact you let me in I didn't force my way in you open your mouth one day and declare that I need you Jesus I'm sorry 
for what I have done and help me to be what you have called me to be. And so he enters, he says, the shepherd does not have to climb up the wall. The shepherd does not have to go around the wrong way. If you ever look at the sheep, if you want to distinguish between the thief and the robber and the shepherd, look at how they're entering into the fold. And he says, the shepherd goes in through the door. My God, in the name of Jesus, and to him, the porter, the door openeth, and watch this, the sheep hear his voice, and he called his own sheep by name and leaded them out. Well, now one thing during this time, there was in a in a sheepfold, there were several flocks within the sheepfold. And so what would happen is there would be several shepherds within the sheepfold. And the only way the shepherd could distinguish his sheep from other sheep was they knew his voice. My God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, praise the name of our God. And so he walks in the door. And then other shepherds call, but the sheep don't move. Shepherd number one calls, and the sheep don't move. Shepherd Bob calls, and the sheep don't move. But shepherd Jesus shows up, the good shepherd. And the Bible says here, he doesn't call them by flock, but he calls them by name. Hallelujah. Ah, Sister Tasha Cobb got anointed one day and wrote a song, he knows my name. Hallelujah. How many of you heard him when he called your name? My God, in the name of Jesus. You were drunk, but then he called you by your name. You were backslidden, but he called you by your name. You were hurt and depressed and heartbroken, but he called you by your name. I'm so glad that we serve a God that ain't forgot my name. Sometimes I forgot how to call on him. Sometimes I live my life like I've forgotten that I needed him, but he's never forgotten my name. He has kept me as the apple of his eye, more my God, in the name of Jesus. And the one thing the shepherd would do is that he would hold out his staff and his sheep would pass under the staff so that he could number and count the sheep. Hallelujah. But I'm so glad that my shepherd not only has the sheep numbered, but the Bible declares that he has the very hairs on my head numbered. My God, in the name of Jesus, he know he, he figured it out. Hallelujah. Whatever used to be there, he knows what I lost and he knows what I still got. Hallelujah. Praise the name of our God in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says he putteth forth his own sheep and he goeth before them and his sheep follow him for they know his voice. But watch this. A stranger will they not follow but they're going to flee from him. I don't know what happened to us as people of God but we stopped fleeing from the stranger and we fell in love with the stranger. We fell in love with the strange doctrine. We fell in love with the strange teaching. We fell in love with every false prophet that come to town. You done been in every prayer line in Richland County and Lexington County, and the man of God been told you what was wrong with you. But you done fell in love with the stranger, hallelujah. When the stranger, hallelujah, you're supposed to flee from him. And Jesus says, verily, verily, I say unto you. Now look what he does earlier. He says here that the shepherd, I am the shepherd that entereth in the door. 
and the porter opens unto me. And to assure that the door will open for him, this is what he says. He says, as a matter of fact, Jesus, how do you know the door is going to open for you? Oh, let me help you out. I am the door. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I ain't going to keep myself out. I'm going to let myself in. And don't you ever forget that God made you and he desires to live inside of you. My God, but the problem is some of us are treating Jesus like he's paying rent to stay here. No, no, no. The man owns the place. He bought you with a price. He paid for you. And you ought to look to your neighbor and say, let the man in. Let the man in. And don't put him out either. Let him stay. My God. In the name of Jesus. All that have ever, he says, all that have ever come before me are thieves and robbers. How do you know they're thieves and robbers? Because they didn't come in at the door. My God. Now, let me give you the modus operandi or the MO of the, of the, of the stranger. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. No matter what the thief tells you, he comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. I think you're so beautiful. Stop lying. You come to steal, to kill, and destroy. Destroy. Oh, you're such an anointed preacher. Leave me alone. You've come to steal, to kill, and destroy. Oh, you can't let the devil whisper things into your ear. You got to remember that the thief is who God says he is. And if the Bible call you something, you that. It just is what it is. Amen. And he says, but I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Now he transitions to add a new adjective, Sister Evans. He doesn't just say, I am the shepherd. But he says, I am the good shepherd. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Why is he the good shepherd? Because the shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Now, Jesus is not just giving his life to prove a point. He's not giving his life to prove that I can die. But he's giving his life to prove his love for the sheep. Because there's no greater confidence that you can have in someone that they are willing to, for your own success, lay their own life life down. So that I might be saved, he laid his life down. So that I might be delivered, he laid his life down. So that I might be healed, he laid his life down. So that I will not be conquered by fear, he laid his life down. And what I love about it is, uh, he's so bad, man. He says that there are no earthly means, my God, that can kill me. Ah, the thorn on his head, the crown of thorns, it just made him bleed. That's all. We needed the blood. The cat of nine tails, it just made him bleed. That's all. The flogging, it just made him bleed. That's all. The spear in his side made him bleed. That's all it did. None of it killed him because Jesus declared himself the crown of thorns ain't strong enough. The spear ain't strong enough. The cat of nine tails ain't strong enough. What you mean, Jesus? Let me make it a little more plain, son. Nobody it takes my life, man. I lay it down. And when I get ready, I'll pick it back up again. My God, in the name of Jesus, what a mighty God we serve. If you know we're serving a mighty God, praise him right there in your seat right now. 
My God, in the name of Jesus, uh, uh, nobody ever spoke to death the way that Jesus spoke to death. Uh, I remember one day he was on a ship and a tumultuous storm arose and Jesus was knocked out sleeping at the bottom of the ship while everybody on the ship was losing their mind. And they went down there and woke him up and said, Master, careth thou not that we perish? And Jesus got up and spoke to the storm and said, shut up, man, peace be still. You mind yourself because he understood that death was, it was not time for death to come for him. As a matter of fact, death didn't come for Jesus. He sent for death and told it to do what he said it was going to do. My God, they tried to stone him, but because death couldn't take him till he got ready, the Bible says before Jesus knew it, before they knew it, he had disappeared in the crowd and they couldn't even find him because death had has no strength over our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so he tells the sheep that even if I die for you, you'll see me again because I'm going to get right back up when I feel like it. Hallelujah. Somebody open your mouth and say, get up, Jesus. Go on. Go on. Get up, Jesus. I need him to get up in my finances. I need him to get up in my mind. I need him to get up in my heart. I need him to get up in my soul. Lord, Lord the devil's going to try to take me out. But as soon as Jesus gets up, he's going to get up and he's going to show out in the name of Jesus. And so what he does through the assurance of being the good shepherd, this is what he does, Deacon Toby. He says, I am the door. And he says, the porter opens unto me. I am the shepherd and I am the good shepherd that layeth down his life for the sheep. But not only am I there, I'm a good shepherd with a big old hand, man. My God. God in the name of Jesus. And what you're saying in here, Jesus, what do you mean? He said, let me, let me help you out here. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. You wonder why? that last time you backslid you were able to come back because you were in God's hand you wonder why you didn't lose your mind when your child died when you lost your job when you weren't convinced of whether you were coming or going the reason why you made it the only reason you were able to stand is because God had you in his hand hallelujah and sometimes you ought to open your mouth in your prayer and thank God for never letting me go. God, I thank you, Jesus. Where would I be? I heard the songwriter say, I don't know why Jesus loves me. I don't know why he cares. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. Oh, but I'm glad. I'm so glad he did. There are so many places I've been in my life. I've been in college. I've been in a wonderful family with a mother and a father. I've been in great ministry.
ministry, Sister Diane. I've been in great vehicles. I've been in great conferences and conventions. But the greatest place I've ever been is inside his hand. My God, in the name of Jesus, I've come to you this morning to encourage you here in Columbia that Jesus has not forgotten about you. He sees where he puts you. He puts you in his hand. I don't care what I got to go through. As long as I go through in his hand. If I'm sick, let me be sick in his hand. If I'm blind, let me be blind in his hand. If I'm hurt, let me be hurt in his hand. Because one thing he can do. My God, in the name of Jesus, what he can do with those hands is he can take me on down and put me back on the potter's wheel and mold me and make me and make something brand new out of me. He has not forgotten where he put you. Somebody raise your hand up and say, keep me in your hand. Keep me in your hand. Keep me in your hand. My God, in the name of Jesus, here's the trick of the adversary, Deacon Dobie. The devil wants you to be convinced that you are not where God said you are. The Bible says the adversary goeth forth, watch this, as a roaring lion. It didn't say he is a roaring lion. It said he's as a roaring lion. He's trying to convince you through what he is kind of like but ain't that you are not in the position God has placed you in. I heard a preacher tell me one time, he prophesied to me that God, that, uh, uh, God told me to tell you that you are in a school of another kind. And I said, thank God. Amen. And then when I decided not to be a part of that ministry anymore, all of a sudden I dropped out of school. Told me I was a dropout. Now, how am I a dropout of something God put me in? How am, he said, no man could pluck me out. I'm a man, right? I can't pluck myself out. We've got to have confidence in Jesus that no matter how many ups and downs life gives us. Can I tell you something? Anybody here ever been in a hospital? And, and, and you see the, I don't know what the machine's called, where they, where they got you hooked up to the little thing, and they boop, 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 the little machine. How do you know that there's life in you when, when they got all this right here, all these little ups and downs and whatnot? That's how you know there's life in you. Amen. But when you're dead is when life is like this. When that line starts going like this, ain't nothing there. How do I know there's life? I know I got ups and downs, but I'm alive and I'm in his hand. I don't like every day, but I'm in his hand. I need him to hold me. I need him to keep me. I can testify that was some, there were some people who wish he hadn't kept me. And it just blow my mind that saved folk don't want to see you make it. Ain't that something? But I tell you what, what God has for you, it is for you. Your ministry is coming. Your time is coming. Your increase is coming. The promotion's coming. The healing is coming. The deliverance is coming. Why? Because where are you? You're in his hand. He's holding you. When Jesus was on the cross, they pierced him right here. 
that cut this main nerve in his body. Anybody ever pinched a nerve before? Anybody hit your funny bone? Ain't too funny, is it? Ever hit your toe on the corner of the bed? Don't cuss. Yeah, that's what you got to do. You better speak your tongues real quick. You know what happened? You hit a nerve. Jesus had his cut. And what happens when you cut that nerve in your wrist, your hand loses some mobility. And the only thing it can do now is turn into a claw. And it creates a death grip. When Jesus was on that cross, he was letting us know, this is how tight I'm holding you. I don't care how hard it gets. Jesus said, I'll take the cutting if you let me hold you. I'll, Jesus said, let them talk crazy about me, but let me hold you. My God, in the name of Jesus, that's what he's doing. I love the fact sometimes I can be afraid. Sitting in my house sometimes by myself, not, not by myself anymore, amen. But when I was, I'd be in there, and I'd, Lord, I need a word. I need a word. I need to know that you're still holding me. And he's so kind and so gracious that he'll send you one. He'll send you a, a scripture you hadn't read in months. And he'll remind you, that's why I had you reading that at work. That's why I had you listening to it when you were driving in your car. Because there was going to come a moment in your life where I needed to remind you that I'm holding you. Amen. My God. Oh, Jesus. I can't tell you how grateful I am. Time won't permit for me to tell you how grateful I am to be in the care of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. We hope that you have received something valuable from this message. We want to thank you for your time and support. God loves you and so do we. Have a blessed and fantastic week. Amen.